everyone, and welcome to another elite episode of the Get Authentic with Marcus show. I'm your host, Marcus Ogden. On today's episode, we're interviewing Jamil McCline. But before bringing up Jamil to the stage, I want to thank two of our amazing sponsors, Ventive. They are the premier app partner of the Get Authentic with Marcus show. And Visor. You can manage all of your assets, real estate, cash, crypto, private equity, all in one place. We thank Ventive and Visor for sponsoring this amazing episode. Now, here he is, Jamil. How you doing today, Jamil? Very good. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm doing well, brother. Doing well. First question, Jamil, what does the word authentic mean to Jamil? So authentic means uh, being your true self in every fashion in life, in the family life, in work life, in play life, in, in, in dreaming life. In dreaming, I mean by, you know, we all have dreams. So uh, that's being authentic and, and pursuing those, uh, those goals. Uh, freely, happily, uh, and free of consequence. Oh, Jamil, I love how you said pursuing everything, business, personal, family, dreaming. We all have dreams. We all have aspirations. You have a very unique story being brought, I believe it's in the Harlem, New York area. Talk about you, your story, what you went through, you became a very successful boxer, and then you left boxing, and now you're doing even more amazing things in the AI space. But give our list a little bit of who is Jamil McCline at his core. So at my core, you know, and you know, yeah, I became one of the great, one of the greatest fighters on the planet for quite some time, for the better part of the, uh, an entire decade. So I was in the top ten from 2001 to 2011. But, you know, in those years, um, uh, being amongst the best in the world, what made me the best was not because I was big, fast, and strong, because back in those days, everyone in the league was big, fast, and strong. And I refer to, you know, boxing as the league. I mean, when I made the, when I made the top 10 in the world, we still had Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, and Evander Holyfield in the top five. So everybody was big, fast, and strong, you know. Uh, what set me apart was that uh, I just had this 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 insatiable desire to be to be better than what I thought people thought I was. So I had this really distorted understanding of what people thought I was, and I always wanted to be better. Yeah, it was maybe a little crippling, but it definitely motivated motivated me to be the best that I could possibly be in every aspect, uh, especially you know carrying that baggage of being a, a former convicted criminal, you know, I had this, you know, this, this idea of, uh, how can I make, how can I, you know, how can I erase that truth of, in my past? Yeah. I was living, you know, on what I thought people was cause I was young and, you know, impressionable, but, uh, that is what I was. And that made me who I am today pretty well-rounded yeah everybody has their flaws and you know and their bad habits but uh overall 
it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey, I must admit. So, Jamil, talk a little bit about what you're doing today. You've been in some great companies, helped some companies that are going to do some big things. You can shed light on it, how much college you want to share. But you've done a great job in life after boxing. Talk about what you're doing today in the corporate space as an owner and a businessman. So there was a company I remember a few years, some, it was maybe 2016, I approached the company and I remember telling the CEO, I just called him out of the blue and told him he should hire me because I knew how to acquire a business in the laboratory industry, uh, doing uh, PTX and uh, CGX, which is pharmacogenomics and uh, cancer genomics. And I just, because I'm married to a doctor, I just had uh, some really deep connections in the medical industry. So I just called the guy out of the blue and was like, listen, I think you should hire me. And he goes, oh, yeah, why is that? I said, not because I'm former heavyweight champion. Uh, I fought for the world title four times, but never won the world title. But I did win three three titles and inducted into two Hall of Fames in boxing. Um, so I said to the guy, Mr. Barberi, and I said, you know, what made me amongst the best in the world is not because I was big, fast, and strong, like I said here just five minutes ago. It's this desire inside of me to be the best that I can be. And I just think me being the best that I can be in your organization will definitely change the bottom line. And he was like, all right, I'm coming to, he was in Atlanta. He was like, all right, I'm coming to Palm Beach next week. We'll meet. And then when we met, he hired me. But so to get to the, 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 to answer the question, so when I joined that company, like I said, you know, I just have this ability to, to find business because what I do is I'm just in, um, I'm in, you know, business development, uh, revenue uh, generation, you know, we, we, and I just uh, got involved in um big companies we made some big hits you know the pandemic hit so it knocked us everyone back just a little bit but coming out of the pandemic i joined a, a ai group called codia but codia is a uh is a, a large um uh phone answering uh you've probably gotten many calls from vocodia it's a ai generated platform that that replaces call centers then I got into another uh, company uh, very recently called Tech Pedal, and we are what we do is we use AI and big data to drive sales for the automotive industry specifically. Camille, you know, you talk about you know the guy who hired you, then you went to Vacodia, now you're at your new organization, and it seems like everywhere you go, you help the organization become better and, you know, thrive and not just survive, right? Which is a big thing for athletes. I mean, like you, you with boxing, me with football, I know guys were in baseball, basketball, and our being a professional athlete, you want to thrive, not just survive. What are some skills or skill sets that you have taken from boxing that helps you now in your new businesses as an entrepreneur and a leader to be even more successful, right? When you were in the boxing ring. Thank you for that question. That's a great question. So for me, it's, it was really just, like I said, I just wanted to be the best I can be. And I'm going to use some cliche phrases here, right? 
determination, drive, discipline, you know, it's all cliche words, but these, these are real attributes that are God given, especially at the level that I've been able to experience them where, you know, I've just been a winner all my life and that, and that's, and I've been a winner only because I've always been determined to be the best. And I know that sounds cliche and, but year after year, I'm 53 years old now, year after year, I've proven that to myself, even you know, going off to orphanage at a very early age, I was able to assimilate within the community that I uh, ended up in and uh, did very well, you know, did very well for myself. Yeah, I got into some trouble when I was finally let go, because when you're in foster care, you're not really taught anything other than mediocrity, just stay out of trouble. That's really your that's like the baseline you're taught when you're when you grow up in an orphanage system. Uh, but once I and so once I went off to college, got in trouble, ended up in prison for five years. After that, it was just and I just think that 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 five year prison term really really made me uh, not take life for granted because you know, when you lose your freedom, even at such a young age, you know you just really you really uh, just you you appreciate freedom. So I you know. It, just from those early prison days, I was just very, very uh, into being the best that I can be because you had to be the best you can be on the inside. You had to protect yourself, you know, um, especially in my situation. I had had a very, very rough time in prison, spent 14 months in solitary confinement in a box no bigger than, you know, you know, no bigger than a 14 by, by seven or whatever it was, you know. Um, and that was uh, because, you know, when I was in prison, I spoke differently than a lot of the guys. So they took that as a sign of weakness. So, and, but I was one of the toughest guys there. I just spoke differently. That's all, you know, I was just, I was just, you know, and I had to protect myself. So they locked me up after, you know, after I was wounded pretty bad. I got 130 stitches in my face, stabbed, you know, all, all over really nothing. So. You know, after that, you know, I went on a rampage and hurt some people and got put in solitaire for quite some time. And it was, and that's where I say I was prison. That's where prison educated comes in. I always say I'm prison educated. People say, well, what does that mean? All I did for 14 months was read. There was nothing else to do. So I read voraciously. Well, quick question that I have a story around mindset when I ask you. So, when you were in solitary for 14 months and you were reading voraciously and you were just reading to consume information, what did you learn, not only from the books you read, right, Jamil? What did you learn about yourself in that box, in solitary confinement, as you were trying to better yourself through education, reading, and trying to become a better person overall? I'm going to make that answer very quickly. I learned. Uh, that I had to unlearn. I had to learn that I had to have the ability to unlearn very quickly and pivot and adapt. And that, I believe, is what has taken me so far in life. Uh, I say I had to learn, I had to unlearn very quickly. So 
I got into boxing at the age of 25. No one's ever started a professional sport that late. That was the first time I put on a pair of gloves. I had no amateur career. And I, and in five years, I was fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world against Vladimir Klitschko, who is now an international Hall of Famer, great fighter, fighting the war in Ukraine currently uh, with his brother, who's the, uh, the uh, mayor of Kiev. Uh, but anyway, um, I just, uh, it took me no time to learn to, once I got into boxing, it took me no time to, to understand I had to change and change is a process. It's a, it goes in phases. It's, it's, it, it, for me, it was, you had just first commit to unlearning and commit to learning and then unlearn again and then commit to learning and then unlearn again. I don't even really know what that means. All I knew is, know is that it, it, that's what being in solitaire taught me to adapt, unlearn and relearn. I had, to un- I had to unlearn what it was like to be free and adapt to being in that cage for 14 months. So that was like a massive, and then think about it, I was a young kid. I was 20 years old when I went into solitaire. I didn't get out until I was nearly 21 and a half, you know what I mean? <laughs> You know, Jamil, I think what you meant, and let me say this for the listeners, you know, you had to learn how to unlearn. You had to learn how to break bad habits to get yourself in a place built to execute good habits. And that's great. Because great people realize when you make a mistake, right, Jamil, you got to own it. You got to fix it. And you got to move on. You can't dwell. When you dwell, that's when bad things happen. And at the end of the day, it's so big that we know what we do wrong. We own it, fix it, and move on. What are your thoughts around that before we get into something around the topic of mindset? So you you have to unlearn, right? So I agree. Uh, You know, it just, um, it really, uh, yeah, it was a process of, Understanding that that do your best to limit mistakes, but don't be afraid of failure. That's what I I just I just wasn't afraid to fail anymore, but I was afraid of making mistakes. It was just a weird dichotomy that I I guess I read somewhere. I'm sure I read somewhere. I'm not going to say I guess. I'm sure I read somewhere. Uh that and 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 I guess it stuck with me very early. I, I no longer became afraid to fail. And I think that is why I was so able to dominate even in post boxing professional life, you know, a lot of us, as you know very well, a lot of us, you know, become destitute. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I mean, I blew through $17 million, you know, and you know, I'll tell you a quick story. I said to Mike Tyson once at a dinner and I was like, hey, Mike, is it true that you blew through $300 million? Mike says to me, no, he goes, no, Jamil, it was 400 million. But let me ask you, how much did you make in your career? And I was like, ah, I didn't make anywhere near as much as you. He goes, ah, how much you make? I said 17. He goes, Jamil, how did you blow through $17 million? Now, mind you, I didn't even tell him I blew through it. And I was like, all right, touche. He goes, no, seriously, how did you do it? And I said, you know, homes, cars, you know, trips and 
friends got money, family got money. He goes, I did exactly what you did times 10. So, you know, it was. (laughs) Well, you know what happens, man, when you are trying to be everything to everyone, you end up not taking care of yourself. And so, unfortunately, like a lot of athletes, football, boxing, baseball, we get caught in the limelight and we say, wow, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this. And I lost my money in business. I blew through millions of dollars in business making the wrong judgment call. So totally it happens. And I have a finance degree from Harvard University and lost it all. Great university, great university. And I lost it all, right? So it happens. And so... I want to shift and talk about mindset that you have been able to really utilize to be successful after boxing. So do you know the name Ernie Shavers? Oh, absolutely. So met Ernie in Las Vegas. We were chatting at an event and he was telling me how he was fighting Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight championship and how his corner said, if we knock Ali down twice, we're going to win the fight. This is in the 1970s. So they prepare, fight came, knocked him down. He said, like, I think it was like round two or three, knocked Ali down. Ali got up. Around round four, I think it was round five, he said, knocked him down again. The entire corner was saying, and the new heavyweight champion is going to be, they were all like getting ready to like crown him the crown and say, like, new heavyweight champion, right? The problem was Ali got up. And Ernie said, when Ali got up in the fifth round, right? I think it was fifth round he told me. When Ali got up in that round after the second knockdown, Ernie said he knew he had lost the fight. Round eight, boom, Ali knocks him out. He's done. And we chatted about mindset. He said, when Ali got up the second time, his corner told him there was no way he's going to do this. He's never been, he's never gotten up from any two knockdowns. It's not going to happen to you. Just do it. We're going to win. And when Ali got up and said he broke, he said his mindset went from bent to broken, and that was it, right? And he says, in life, never let your mindset break. So my question for you, right, Jamila, is how do you keep a strong mindset to keep pivoting, keep moving, no matter what life throws your way? So again, again, I don't want to be, you know, use such cliche phrases, you know, but it's just about discipline. You know, uh, <clears throat> you know, when I do presentations, I practice ad nauseum, you know, like I'll I'll just, you know, I'll practice in the mirror a pre- a presentation. 15 times over, over, you know, five days, I'll just do it over and over and over. So it's really just about discipline, practice and habits and and allowing yourself to understand when you ought to change that habit by, you know, eliminating the ego. Um, So I remember, you know, I fight very hard not to, not to uh, use so many boxing metaphors, but yes, it was such a transformable time in my life because I, you know, I, I, I don't like to be, quote unquote, the ex-boxer. But, you know, there was a fight I was fighting in. Uh, it was on HBO in uh, Mandalay Bay, Vegas. And I remember I was losing that fight. I lost every single round in that fight. And every time I went to the corner, my trainer would say to me, 
Jamil, stick to the game plan. Stick to the game plan. You know, just keep doing what we what we worked on. Just keep doing what we worked on. You know, and I lost every single round. And the tenth round, I was losing that round, and I just stuck to the game plan and end up knocking the guy out in the last minute of the tenth round. So, so I tell that story to 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 to, to have the listeners understand. Stick to the game plan, no matter how many shots you take, no matter no, no matter how many licks you take, stick to the game plan and we will find a way out, whether that is from depression, uh, darkness, uh, 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 you know, closing the big deal that you've been working on for the last seven months. You know, I say seven months because I know how some of these deals take, you know, uh, uh, and, and so forth, right? That, that's, that's, that. so for me, it was just the, the mindset was, I, it is, I always stick to the game plan under all circumstances, just stick to the game plan. We all have dark days, brother. You know, Jamil, love that. Ladies and gentlemen, stick to the game plan, no matter how hard or difficult it might be. And I want to touch on something really quickly as we get to wrap this amazing interview. You talk about you're successful now, married to a doctor, you know, love your home, love your office in your home. And like you've worked hard to have what you have. And it's amazing. Right? But you said something I want to touch on dark days. A lot of athletes listen to our show. A lot of people have dark days, but especially athletes, right? Now, like, you know, they say, like, you know, now that the lights are off, you're not in the ring for you. We're not under or not on the field for me. Like, we have this, what the hell is next in life? Like dark days, anxiety, depression. You know, we get hooked on alcohol, drugs. You know, you said you blew through $17 million helping people, all these things, right, Jamil? Talk to people that are listening about what you did to overcome your dark times that could help somebody that, that might be listening right now, Jamil, that might be in a dark time, get to the next side or get to the other side where there is light. Well, you know, as a, as a professional athlete, like you said, you know, a lot of us leave the game and when the lights are off, like you, just like you said, you know, things get difficult. Uh, it's just the nature of the beast, especially if you've, if you've experienced head trauma, like I'm going to assume you being in the position that you were and definitely me, you know, I mean, what's my job? My job is to concuss and my opponent's job is to concuss me, you know, to break it down. You know, they say, oh, the TKO, the KO, the knockout, whatever, that is concussion, you know, uh, so Leaving the game, I didn't know it, what it was going to be like. But one of the things I learned in those early days in, in in prison was, you know, prepare for what's next. So I always prepared for what was next. I knew, and I tell all the young guys in the gym now, hey, 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 young man, you know, I'm in the gym. I go to the gym often. I see all the best fighters in the world are down here in Palm Beach County in Delray Beach. You know, so some of the best trainers in the world. I tell all the guys that will listen to me, hey, the, the, your days are numbered here. Enjoy this while you can, but prepare for what's next because we have a shelf life. So, so in preparation, yes, when things was over, because I did prepare, I was able, and, and my preparation was things like 
very simple things like uh, taking a computer class early, you know, back in 09 and 10, you know, taking these computer courses so I could understand how to get, you know, how to work a computer, you know, at its, at its, at its basic levels and more. That way, when you're done, you at least have a base of, because everything is done on the computer. People don't realize that, but they they walk around with a computer in their hand 24 hours a day, you know, all, or at least all waking hours. So I, I I prepared that way. I prepared through preparing for what's next. That way, I was able to get through those dark days because there was a lot of them. There was drug abuse. There was there was everything in those very early years. I retired back in twelve and thirteen, and didn't turn it around until 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 fourteen when I ran for United States Congress. Um, uh, you know, and I made a ton of money that year because I prepared. I was able to 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 prepare for those dark days, knowing that they will end. Because, you know, I know we're running short on time, but I'll tell you, when I was on the inside, what got me by every day was I knew there was a tomorrow. I knew that one day this would change. Jamil, amazing interview. Absolutely fantastic. How can people find out more about you, what you're doing, your endeavors? How can our audience connect with Jamil McCline? So I'm on LinkedIn at uh, Jamil McCline. I'm not really on social media. I walked away from social media. I got rid of media, uh, half a million uh, between Twitter and Instagram. I had over half a million followers. Things got a little crazy. You know how it is with politics. And because I ran for the United States Congress, everyone thought I should be involved in all the, the conversations. So now you can reach me either, uh, uh, you can email me at Jamil, at Tech Pedal, T-E-C-H Pedal, P-E-D-A-L. Thank you for listening to Get Authentic with Marcus Ogden. Technical facilities and services have been provided by the Multiformat Network, multiformat.net. Did you know that employees with caregiving responsibilities have significantly higher rates of unplanned time off from work, burnout, and over 30% ultimately quit their jobs due to the stress and fatigue of caring for their loved ones? When my father became ill from a rare condition, I could not find a caregiver to meet his specialized needs and provide thoughtful and empathetic care. The stress of this spilled over into my work life and quickly became unmanageable. That's why I created CareFluent, to provide compassionate and personalized caregiving services through a quick and easy to use platform. CareFluent can help reduce the stress on your employees. We uniquely combine our proprietary technology platform with a carefully vetted team of professional caregivers to deliver excellent service, which allows time for your employees to focus on their work. CareFluent services help to prevent stress exhaustion, and burnout. Visit us online at mycarefluent.com to learn how CareFluent can help you retain a happy and healthy workforce using a benefit that is affordable yet highly valuable to your employees.